Wait, is this fucking play about us? The answer is yes, it <laughs> is. We should throw some ideas around, see if, you know, anyone else has like a theme they had in mind or something they've been thinking of or... What about a Pixar themed shower? And I, uh, I'll just snowball on top of that. Also Fight Club, Fight Club, Female Fight Club. We pull in, we grease up. Surprise! Female Fight Club. She's not gonna forget that. We're back, baby. We're back. Hello. Hello, and hello, hello. I have something very, very, before oh. I address our audience, I have something <laughs> extremely important to tell you, Abby, and it's happy anniversary. <gasps> oh, I didn't even get you anything. Oh, oh gosh. We are sitting at a candlelight dinner uh, mm. celebrating one year since we first mm. uh, recorded a female fight club episode, and we're feeling super sentimental about it. Let's pop the bubbly, guys. We did it. We made it one year. I know. So thank you to everybody who's come on this journey. Oh, my gosh. It's been a nice ride. Jasmine, it's, it's been so much fun. I feel like it's really flown. And um, we'd also like to apologize for the long hiatus that we've just taken. I, I, yes. I would blame the holidays, but then I realized yep. it's yep. March. <laughs> we've been we've been celebrating Halloween for a very long time. The last you heard from us was when we were talking <laughs> shit about ghosts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and yep. I'll leave it to your imagination. Do not talk shit about ghosts. Yeah. You go missing for months um, <sighs> and God. then no one hears from you. But yep. no, um, yeah, it's it's all good. Um, if you're new here. Mm. Um, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Illyria. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, my name is Jasmine. And I'm Abby. Pleasure. And it's a pleasure. And our podcast is where we like to shoot the shit and just talk about yeah. whatever makes us laugh. Um, yes. as I said, we like to do some ghost stories. Yes. We like to do some dating stories as well. All the things that makes us curious and yes. have a good time. So Ugh, we just love to gab away. And we also owe a major apology to our beloved friend, Katie, who has not been able to clean her bathroom because she listens to this podcast when she cleans her bathroom. So I apologize for the hiatus. You can finally clean your bathroom. <laughs> it's been um, three long it's months been or three four months. Long months. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Um, so please get to scrubbing. Well, I'm pretty excited about this episode that we're doing today, Abby. Yeah! Oh my gosh. It just feels good to be back. Yeah. It's like riding a bike. It's like riding yeah. a bike, honestly. Yeah, here we go. Here, here we, we go. Are. So on today's episode, uh, we figured that we would address the insane controversy. Let's address um, the panda in the room. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> um, when we heard that there was a new Disney Pixar movie that was pissing off some Karen moms and Ugh. set in our home of Toronto. Whoop, whoop. We really had no choice but to check it out and see for ourselves. And to answer the question, is this fucking play about us? Is this play about <laughs> The answer is yes, it is. The answer is. hurts because the it's answer, true. Oh, it's, this, this play really was about us. And it is called Turning Red, people. If you haven't seen it, then I would say go, try to watch it before listening to this because then you'll kind of... You'll just get it. You'll things will click, but if yeah. not, we'll lay it out for you. Yeah, exactly. But I just obviously we had to. I was always going to watch this movie just because it was based in Toronto and anything Toronto based because Toronto doesn't get enough love. There's so many movies that are filmed in Toronto and Vancouver and in Can across Canada that don't 
actually get the recognition for it. Yeah. Like, how many New York scenes are, we are actually sick of filmed being New York. <laughs> at Dundas Station? We are yeah. sick of it. We are not New York. Also, I would say that my my <laughs> most toxic trait is watching any movie being like, this was filmed in Toronto. This was filmed in Toronto. It's like, no, Thank actually, you, right, Suicide Chicago. Squad. Thank you. That's yeah. Young Street, bitch. <laughs> I see you from a mile away. Actually, that's a kilometer away because we're in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Hear us roar. Oh, God. This movie had so many. It was very clearly, they mentioned the Toronto Transit Commission. There are... Very clear identifiers. Buddy is wearing a Vince Carter jersey. There are oh, Blue yeah. Jays. There's the Sky Dome. Yes. So many Toronto references. Kensington Market, Chinatown. Every uh, just it I loved was, it. Yeah, I know. It Free was cars. so fun to mm. to point those out. Actually, it was very mm-hmm. very fun. Okay, so the name of the movie, Turning Red. Yes, Turning Red. Okay, director Domi Shi. She also won an Oscar for directing this amazing animated short called Bao. I absolutely loved Bao. Bao was adorable. Bao was freaking adorable. If, we, if you have seven minutes to spare, then definitely watch Bao. Also you on have Disney seven Plus. minutes to spare. Go put yeah. on Bao. Get that. We're also sponsored by Disney Plus today. So <laughs> perfect. Um, and, here, and for those that haven't seen it, here is just a super quick synopsis. Um, it's about a character. Her name is Mei Lee, who is 13 years old. And she's really torn between being her mom's obedient daughter and the chaos of her youth. Um, and as if that were not enough, when she gets too excited, she then turns into a giant red panda. So, so cool. very high level, the super high level, but <laughs> some, some familiar voices that you might recognize from this movie. Biggest one of all, Miss or Dame, I wish that she was knighted, Sandra O. Oh. Dame Sandra oh. Dame Sandra <laughs> <laughs> Where is her title at this point? I don't know. She needs it. She needs it. She plays, she voices the mom. Yeah. I, oh. I booked that immediately. I didn't know that she was going to be in it, but she has such an identifiable voice to her. Yes. It really made me happy that she was in this movie. But what is also yes. really cool is that there are like all the creative minds, like the main creative minds behind this movie Ugh. were women, like the director, the producer. Snaps. Um, I think the production designer, the visual effects supervisor, you name it. There's actually like a really great um, documentary that plays after you finish Turning Red called Embracing oh. the Panda on Disney Plus. And they kind of take you behind the scenes of like how they made the story. And like they all just oh. chat about like what the movie meant to them. I still have to watch that. You I really should. Do. It was so really good. Do. So I highly recommend that as well. Amazing. Oh, I love that. Um, But before we get into the nitty gritty of like the film and like what people are so pressed about. um. Let's just, I want to know for you, Abby, what parts mm. of this story like felt distinctly Torontonian? Like, was there I anything know. you saw that like reminded you, like your experiences like in grade six, seven, eight growing up in Toronto? Yes, 1000%. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, we we both went to Western and we always had people that said like they also were from Toronto, but they weren't. But like I had to ride the TTC to get to school. Like I <laughs> took too. public transit. We all, most kids in Toronto had to do that unless you got you were lucky and were able to get a drive from a friend or a parent but side note also I apparently there is this there is this study that says that if you drop your kids off at school like it's worse for them like, <laughs> like I don't I can't I, I don't want the shame this. and humiliation it that like t- it's worse ugh. for their independence and their development or something like, I swear to god <laughs> like this was a thing so shout out to the TTC folks yeah they're raising some real independent people. 
You're in the heart of Toronto right now. I hear a siren. Did you hear that? Honestly, yes. You're in the heart of it. There it is. The receipts are there. I live in downtown Toronto. Yeah, and it's not Oakville, and it certainly isn't Aurora. Uh, but I just, so many parts of this story felt so distinctly Torontonian, but also felt very me, like going to the Daisy Mart after school, getting a slushy and, oh God. I love those details. I think they got a lot of details, right. And also like just aesthetically, it was so beautiful. Like I love the way they illustrated everything and kind of had that like sailor moon aesthetic to it. Like the dreamy, like anime anime eyes. Yes. Yes. I was so into it. What about you though? Did, what parts did you resonate the most with? I would say that living in a city when you're growing up and when you're that age, like Mm. I remember the like total significance of like going to concerts and like that was a huge, huge, huge deal. And like, I I guess because it's in 2002 for them. So it's Mm -hmm. more like, you know, they're doing journaling and stuff like that. For us, it was Tumblr and like fangirl culture, I thought was like really nice and captured. (laughs) Yes, but also that that kind of brings us really full circle because one of our very first episodes we ever recorded was we asked, what was your favorite? What was your first concert? And both of us said Avril Lavigne. And that was likely around 2004 or something like that. Maybe 2003, 2004. Crazy. And uh, I love that. Yeah, I agree. I really loved it. But let's talk about this panda and talk about like, what it's meant to. <laughs> let's address that panda now. <laughs> let's address that panda in the room, as you so delicately put it. <laughs> um, so the red panda, I guess, is essentially like a blanket metaphor mm-hmm. in this movie for going through puberty. Mm-hmm. General coming of age story. Yeah. So she turns into a panda when like her emotions become too when um, she feels extreme strong emotions come through either of like pure excitement pure anger but like very heavy emotions mm -hmm. will turn her into a red panda and yeah and it's pretty hilarious actually she's just like bumping into everything and she's horrified by herself and like Mm -hmm. all these i don't know the 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 shame (laughs) and the shame the shame that you feel as a grade eight like this is their grade eight the shame that you feel when you're that young feels like you will implode sometimes or like the and every emotion is beyond heightened and you have no idea how to control those emotions. So I just absolutely loved the parallels that this movie and Domi put through in this movie. I just yeah. I just I just they were so clear to me being my age now, but it was just super great to see how throughout this first bit she's just learning how to control it and she doesn't even and then she learns how to control it so that she doesn't need to turn into this big red panda in those public places. And I was kind of nervous, too, about where this was going. Like, I wasn't 100 percent sure, like what the allegory was, because I was like, oh, she's like really mm. learning how to like calm down. And like, you know, if she takes a deep breath, it stops. So I hope this isn't a story about like suppressing the red panda, like centering yourself and like being calm. But then like you come to realize that this movie is like the red panda becomes an allegory for a few things. It's like rebellion. Mm-hmm. It's about being your true self. It's about yeah. like accepting the parts of yourself that are that are messy or mm-hmm. embarrassing or things like yeah. that. So it's really, really cute. But that being said, um, all these themes <laughs> have ruffled a few feathers, haven't they? They truly have. And there's some weirdo people, weirdo critics that are just getting a fine tooth comb and <laughs> really just picking out the lice in this. And it's just 
fine tooth comb. Honestly. And, uh, and it's, it's just that. there is a microscopic lens under this film that just doesn't need to be there, I don't think. And it's like what it just it boggles my mind that someone would want to tarnish what is such a beautiful coming of age story. And it's just it, it some of them are make me absolutely laugh out loud. Yeah, I know. And one thing I will say, cause I, I did find a really hilarious like <laughs> review to read to you, Abby. But before I do that, what's very interesting is that, um, most Pixar Disney movies are rated G, but that being said, this one was rated PG and oh. the only other PG movies are up and um, I think The Incredibles was also rated PG. So it's interesting. Fuck? Like, Why? this is like a different class of Disney Pixar movies, like of the vault. So, man, that is super interesting. I yeah. want to circle back to that for a, a lot of these comments that I'm, I should say, all these Karen comments that we're going to read in a bit. <laughs> and I'm excited to hear this story that you are going to share with me. I haven't heard it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that is really interesting. Why the hell was up PG? Because someone I dies? I think so. I think it was because it was like there was some peril and action. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Said. <laughs> Spoiler alert. In the first five minutes, someone dies. <laughs> um, and it's extremely Damn, okay. sad. I think it just means like there are some themes that like you wouldn't necessarily understand if you're five. Hmm. Which is true. Like they're like not, death. they're not getting all the symbolism, but they're not being corrupted by it. Like the way some of these women think on the mommy so, blogs. Um, okay, I'm going to read stuff. you something. Oh, is that, this is it. Here it is. Oh, a lady named Caitlin on Facebook says, parents beware. <laughs> <laughs> strong, strong start. <laughs> just, just, okay. She goes, just a heads up to all the parents out there. The Disney movie turning red is not for kids. <laughs> At all, especially not for families trying to keep their children close to Jesus. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There are yes. no pandas in heaven. <laughs> she goes, yes, yes. I know Disney movies don't instill <sighs> Christian values and I don't look to them to do so. But typically there are important and valuable life lessons being taught. You will find the complete opposite in this movie. <laughs> Sad day, Disney. It had the potential to be so cute. Turning red? More like turning into the devil. Yeah, it was purely satanic for this lady. And <laughs> speaking of the fine tooth comb, here are some of the things she pointed out. She Ugh. goes, just a few things that stood out. The little girl talks about at age 13, you're your own person, an adult. You can do what you want, say what you want, etc. She's <laughs> warning people. She's like, they think they have their own minds. <laughs> Her and her three friends talk so poorly about their parents and come up with a plan to sneak out and go to a boy band concert, which they end up doing. Caitlin. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. I would just like to point out, Abby, you have a good list, I think, of examples of where, like, disobeying your parents is essentially the entire plot of a Disney movie. There are numerous tweets and hilarious, like so many people are really banding together and showing so much support for how stupid people's <laughs> comments like Miss Caitlin's are. Almost every single Disney movie, Pixar movie, has a storyline of being disobedient to a parental figure. Yes. God, Lion King, Little Mermaid, disobeyed her yes. father to go chase a boy. Yeah, bro, and like, she gave up her voice to go like run after her. Like that one is pretty rough, actually. Jesus, 
<laughs> Luca. Mulan. Dude, she became a drag king. <laughs> I can't take credit for that. I saw that as a tweet. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh. So many examples. Finding Nemo. Brave. Rapunzel. Inside out. Literally, she steals her parents' money, hops on a bus, leaves home. Yeah. Like, the, the, the examples are actually endless. God. I thought I thought that was really funny. I think it's just like when it when it's in the real world, for example, and like you take magic carpets out of the equation, like yeah. they start we're talking to like cars. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking, you know, modes of transportation that <sighs> exist. They start to get really upset. It was too real. The yeah. pan the turning into the panda was the nail in the coffin. Um, let me see what else this Caitlin woman said. God. Oh, she goes, so much emphasis is put on her friends encouraging her to be this new rebel she has become and embracing it, that she no longer has to be this straight edge overachiever girl under her parents' wings. So much rebellion is encouraged. You know what's so funny is that like almost every single point this woman makes is like, especially that last one, like right after in the movie when she says that she can do what she wants and and say what she wants, she said she literally follows up with it. Well, not actually. I do everything within reason because my mom, I, I do everything within reason under mm. my mom's like microscope. Like, so she actually can't do all those things that she said that she wants to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's really funny too, because it's all about like, you know, finding your own, you know, place in the world, which is like something that everybody goes through. It's My not God. like some kind of like, like whether you, whether or not parents of today like it, like your kid is going to have an iPhone or an iPad and it's going to be even easier for them to like, yes. you know, be exposed to the world of culture and find out where they fit you know, in within any it, corner totally. of the internet or the world or whatever. Like it's and kind you of just, inevitable. You just, f- fingers crossed, they don't find like kitten beheading or something <laughs> like that. Like that's just a, that's just a fingers crossed thing. The internet is as deep as the ocean these days. So Truly. I feel like all uh, you can do is like, just, you know, instill good, good values in your kids and just trust that they, and just trust them that they will make like the right call. And that you can't just freaking control your every move. I, and like, I have to, that I hated that as a kid. And if you put such strict rules around me, I almost did the exact opposite. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a perfect recipe to like get the opposite outcome is like, tell your kid specifically something they can't do. Like I feel like it's tale as old as time. Tales all this time. Just, just um, to stay in the universe. Oh, gosh. There is one other particular scene in this movie that has been getting extreme backlash. There is a scene when she turns into a panda and she doesn't quite know what's happening to her body. And mm-hmm. she freaks out because she's in grade eight, right? Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know what's happening. And she locks herself in a bathroom and her mom comes in very worried, not knowing that she's a panda yet. And assumes that she has just gotten her period. Right. This has caused quite the uproar online. Yeah. I feel like, it, is it the first, is it the first time like someone's period has been like referenced in one Displayed. of these movies maybe? I, I, I would say so, especially with like exact feminine hygiene products being displayed, yes. tampons, pads, and the whole nine. Um, <laughs> I actually thought that no, was No sweet. diva cups, but <laughs> no, I thought that was incredible are you kidding me i really and, i was like wow uh, and it's it be it's beyond relatable if you have a daughter they are going to go, i promise you i can almost 1000 percent guarantee that they will go through puberty and get a period yeah 
<laughs> like, and I just, it's so, uh, that kind of representation you don't find often. Yeah. Especially in a really interesting and palatable way. Yeah. So I don't know. I am super excited. I want to read you a couple of the Rotten Tomatoes um, comments, very similar to our oh, beloved. Yes. Yes. Hit Caitlin. me. Um, <clears throat> here we go. Definitely not made for kids. <laughs> it glorifies finding yourself oh and following friends at the expense of listening to your parents' guidance. Totally inappropriate for children. Preteens who are not living the modern, progressive cult of ideas will find the topics awkward and uncomfortable. Maybe Pixar should decide if they want to continue making charming and enduring family favorites or edgy, progressive adult films and stop sitting on the fence. Oh, my God. How do you glorify finding yourself? I was about to say, like, if you find, <laughs> if you, if you find yourself saying something like that, <laughs> then you need to take a good look in the mirror and realize you need to stop being so controlling. It, it helps nobody in life for you to be that controlling and not want your kids to, like, have a voice and interests of their own. Like, they can't just be under your helicopter radius for their whole lives. Like, this is an inevitability. Oh, yeah. I have to, I have to share another one. Okay. Okay. This story is very targeted to a specific audience. If you don't fall into that category, this film is not for you. Mm. I had to turn it off after 10 minutes. After I saw the main... So you didn't actually see this movie. After I saw the main character drawing fan fiction as a 13-year-old, it left me uncomfortable that a 13-year-old was doing this in a Pixar movie. Overall, I'd rather watch Cars 2. (laughs) First of all, can I tell you, 13 year old girls do do all those things. Like, I, I'll just tell you, like, that's one of the most like accurate parts of the film. I would yes. say. Can I tell you what our dear friend did when she was 12 years old? She created second lives on second life, which is like the Sims, like the God. Right. And the Sims. Yes. Yeah. 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 So and yeah, she would basically create elaborate like love stories <laughs> and love triangles and then record them and <laughs> upload them to YouTube. <laughs> she got pretty famous in Korea. I have. All- <laughs> it's still going viral to this day, but that's the point. Like girls in their rooms, like their imaginations run wild and it stays pretty like innocent at first but it does start somewhere and i thought yeah. those little scribbles she had in her notebook were so endearing i was like this is so freaking cute and when she starts to like outline the abs and starts being yes. like scandalized by her own imagination like come on this is pretty innocent stuff yes people. but i mean and i don't want to get like too deep but it is like so important like it's so important to not to, to make those feelings normal and not make a child feel embarrassed about those emotions mm. that will stunt so much growth. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, there's like another criticism of the movie that like kind of went off as well about the relatability of it um, by this guy named Sean O'Connell with Cinema Blast. Yes. Um, oh my God. Yes. He basically said, you know, I rec- like quote, I recognize the humor in the film, but connected with none of it by rooting turning red very specifically in the Asian community of Toronto. The film legitimately feels like it was made for Domi She's friends and immediate <laughs> family members, which is fine, but also a tad limiting in scope. Some Pixar films are made for universal audiences. Turning Red is not. The target audience for this one feels very specific and very narrow. If you are in it, this might work very well for you. I am not in it. This was exhausting. 
Oh, you mean you mean Sean O'Connell doesn't resonate with the Asian community in Toronto? Like I wasn't in it. So I didn't <laughs> like it. Sorry, you're such a freaking baby, sir. Like not Truly. everything is for you. My God. But also like I just it, that doesn't hit me at all. And I know that I am a half Asian woman from <laughs> Toronto, but and listen, I disagree with you so listen. much. <laughs> But and I will sit and I am Domishi's friend, but I, <laughs> but you know what though, Abby? I was gonna oh. have to say, like, you don't need to relate no. to a story or be represented by a story in order to respect and love the story. My god, no. Like we certainly haven't been represented by shit. No, like for years we were not represented. And then the this is my one thing, man. Can I have this one thing? Fuck. It's so niche, too. There isn't there's literally a character <laughs> named Abby. There I okay. I will say Abby. That character Abby, is fucking crazy. Abby, she's hilarious. Don't take this I, away from me. I know. I'm sorry. I she she bugged me in the movie, oh but I respected God. the movie too much more. <laughs> she's she's the one that is like so loud all she's, the time. She's the comedic relief. <laughs> when my sister sees this movie, she's gonna love that Abby is like the psycho crazy one. She wears these gorgeous, <laughs> like these these insane. Oh, these gorgeous overalls. <laughs> insanely cute, like little earrings and like her bangs. Are, yeah, and the gorgeous overalls. <laughs> You should be Abby for Halloween. I am Abby every day. <laughs> oh my god! But no, oh it's god. very. I mean, like I don't. But Miss Mister Sean O'Connell, did you ever? Did you go through puberty? Did you ever feel like you were estranged from your parents? Did you ever feel that you had a moment that you felt like you had to live up to a certain expectation? Yeah. Then I just can't believe that you. He couldn't put past the Chinese-ness, yeah. the Chinese nature of this and see the amazing qualities behind the story and just like peel back some layers. Super freaking racist. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. Let's call a spade a racist. Yeah. <laughs> let's call a spade a racist in this case. <laughs> um, then, you know, like I, I thought that was like, he's the one with the limited scope, actually. Like, no, mm. like, and I found this really good tweet that I will credit to. Um, oh, no, she twittened. That's just a good name. She goes, men are complaining that Turning Red wasn't relatable like other Pixar movies. So I guess it's mm. easier for them to relate to bugs, toys, monsters, cars, <laughs> rats, elves, or robots than it is to relate to actual human girls. To be fair, they are relatable to rats. <laughs> now, to be I don't want to I don't want to get technical. <laughs> oh god. Yes, that is so fucking true. Yeah. You relate more to a bug. Someone was like, I didn't even know ratatouille was a dish. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know France isn't a real place. So look where I caught with that. Greatest movie ever. <laughs> Sorry, have you had ratatouille? Sorry, I forgot you grew up in Toronto. I grew up in Toronto, so I know fine cuisine. Yeah, the world's finest at my fingertips, actually. <laughs> Ratatouille. <laughs> Sliced vegetables. Well, baked. Yeah, I guess. It doesn't sound that great if you think about it. It's honestly very, very, I don't know. It's all right. I don't like Ratatouille the dish, but I loved the movie. <laughs> so I don't know what your deal is, Sean. Yeah. How oh you get God. bent? 
(laughs) That's my quarrel with people like that. That's my qualm. So, but speaking of the Asian community in Toronto, obviously you are no stranger to it. So I wondered, Abby, like, you know, did any of the family scenes feel familiar to you? Like what about this movie kind of like stood out in that sense? Because you were reflected by this. So that must have been kind of exciting. Dude, yeah. This movie was a... It's super rare to see like Cantonese representation, I will say. Like usually Ooh. Mandarin is a more is is usually more dis- displayed in mainstream media. Um interesting. But I think like something especially interesting that I loved about this that was just this wasn't a and like don't get me wrong, I loved Crazy Rich Asians. I loved Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Go China, like seriously, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. But just to see a regular run of the mill blue collar like working family that also wasn't like village china like but like yeah like third world country china like just a regular chinese representation was amazing That's to see true. that like usually all you see is the one percent chinese elite yeah and status is that huge. gets old like, yeah and it's also it's super just like the detail that domi put into this mm-hmm. i'm calling her by her first name because we're just like that it's just that way now yeah like just the detail in it like going to my grandparents house they all every time we would come they would always prepare like it's a very chinese thing and probably i'm not sure if in iran as well but you like just fruit, like giving fruit to like, oh, you yeah. always have like a plate of fruit available. But like even just little details like that, the dumplings, of course. Yeah. I, w- I want to ask you too, like they touch on this expectation of perfection a lot in the movie. Like she needs to get A plus mm. on every test. And like you don't need to be from any specific country to know what that's like. I feel like that's yeah. that's an example of like yes. a lot of people can relate to that. Just familial pressure. Yeah. Just like if, if you're the first in your family maybe to go to college or something or there there's always a fam- family pressure yeah, to succeed. Exactly. Like I did see somebody say that if my like 75-year-old dad Jewish dad from Chicago can like cry <laughs> at this movie. Then, then you can too. Then you can too. <laughs> and don't <laughs> give up. So don't give up. You can make your parents cry. You can. Yes. Show them this movie. Anyway, though that's that's our take. Lots of feels, lots of themes that I just absolutely loved. Oh. One one final thing I will say is like I know we we spoke about how there were critical reviews, but most of them have been positive. And I mean to go a step further. The New York Times just released an article saying that child psychologists say it's unlikely that the movie would promote bad or salacious behavior or cause harm to younger children who don't understand mature themes. And they say that if anything, they note that the movie could actually bring families together by sparking very age-appropriate conversations about these key issues. And I totally back that, like invalidating the struggles that these preteens often experience. God. Hell yeah. Can you imagine, like, what would you have done if you had seen a movie like this back then? I don't know, like, what your oh my God, that's... coming of age or puberty was like, but, like, it was rough. It's always rough. Yeah, if we had this movie when we were growing up, then maybe, I, I, it's actually hard to say, like, because... I wonder if like those themes of like, oh, you should disobey your parents. Like I already, I already got those from other things. Like that was on any family channel show that is also rated PG involves going behind your parents back and doing like getting up to all kinds of shenanigans. So I don't know what people are so up in arms about. I don't understand either. I don't get it. So like the, the, the summary is kids are always weird <laughs> this movie like kids are so fucking weird yeah and this movie is a good example of it and 
Puberty happens. Whether you like it or not. (laughs) All righty. I think we can leave it there. What do you think? I bid you adieu. I have said my piece with this goddamn movie. You, everyone should see it. Everyone should see this movie. Meander over to Disney Plus, recommend it to a friend, get into an argument with your local Karen mom about this film yeah. and try to explain to her why it actually is a good thing for her kids to see it. Maybe. Do yourself, if you have five seconds, take to Twitter and just have a laugh at some of these people. It's hilarious. Yeah, honestly, oh, you will lull. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, this has been a slice. Thanks for for listening. And um, if you want to follow us on Instagram, you may do so at Female Fight Club Pod. Yes, please do. And you know what? If you like us, leave a darn review, darn tootin' review, would you? We would love that. We really would, we would love that. And also yeah. send this to people that you like and who might like this. Our music's by the at Sound of Calama. Our art is by at Haley Ewan's Art. And this has been a goddamn slice. And I wish you a good day, Yasmin. Good day. We greet her. Surprise. Female Fight Club. She's not going to forget that. <laughs>